This week on Missions Today. To be able to see the Bible and read the stories out of the gospel and, and, and know exactly what it looked like and know that it was a real place. And of course, by faith, we can know it's a real place, but when you see it, it's even more. We are built with these senses to be able to know and to taste and to see and feel. So that's what happened to me. It's what happens to so many others. To, to understand the God of Israel and to know, you know, you go to the southern steps of the Temple Mount and realize that the stories of Abraham, King David, the kings, the prophets, and ultimately Jesus, and now, wow, 2,000 years later, me, little me, you know, was able to be in these places, this story of God, this redemptive narrative from beginning to end. You can put it in your mind and know that it happened, and you understand who God is in, in the context that he revealed himself. It's amazing the power of experiencing the Holy Land yourself. If you've ever been, you, you know just how it opens your eyes to so much of the scriptures. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and this is Missions Today from Resource Global. Some of the most recent statistics related to our Christian young people are staggering, and it's said that as many as 70% of Christian youth today will walk away from their faith in their college years. And that begs the question, what, if anything, can we do to stem that tide? Well, our guest today believes he's found at least one way because he sees it working on a regular basis. Scott Phillips is the executive director of Passages, an organization that believes every young person should journey to Israel to really understand the roots of their faith. He says it's a powerful antidote to these chilling statistics. Let's learn more together. Scott, welcome to Missions Today. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much. Hey, let's start with your story before we get to Passages. Tell me how you came to faith in Christ. I came to faith at a young age. My mom, of course, raised me in the faith to love God, to value God, of course, to value the gospel. And so when I was about eight years old, I was in a small church in Amarillo, Texas, gave my heart to Jesus and really had some amazing encounters with God as a kid. And of course, you know, everybody has their times where they falter a little bit during, you know, maybe their teenage years, or at least a lot of people do. Ultimately, you know, that foundation that was set in the early years, train a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. So thank God. Talk for a moment about your maybe high school, college years. Did you ever think you would be going into ministry? Was that something that you planned on or did that change over time? I think that was always there, especially, you know, through high school. I was actually a, a worship leader in, in my high school chapels on, you know, Wednesday night in our church when I was in, in, in high school and loved worship, loved music. When I was a junior higher, I wanted to be a famous, uh, you know, musician, but I realized I didn't necessarily have what it takes for that. So, uh, but I did, I, I learned to really love worship and love leading people in worship. And so I thought I'd be a worship leader, maybe a youth pastor or something like that, maybe pastor a church someday. So I uh, actually ended up going to Christ for the Nations Institute for college. Back in 2002, when I graduated high school and went to Christ for the Nations here in Dallas and um, really worked on my diploma in, in theology with a specialization in youth and young adult ministry. And I met my wife when I was at Christ for the Nations and we've been, we're just about to celebrate 18 years. So I always thought I'd go into ministry and did a uh, full-time church ministry that is ended up uh, as a worship pastor on staff at, at our local church, also missions director. And, you know, thought that that was the path until started going on trips to Israel in 2005 and taking young people there and uh, folks from our church to Israel and fell in love with the place and realized that, you know, when my mom was, when I was five years old, my mom taught me to pray for Israel 
that all stuck. So thank, thank, thank moms out there who don't give up on their kids and, and put th- these things in them. And we actually, my wife and I moved to Israel in 2009 and uh, did some volunteer work, namely at a house of prayer there in Jerusalem. Uh, ended up working for a travel company, and the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. So that love for Israel was uh, birthed maybe from your mother to you through those instructions about praying for Israel, but you got the bug when you actually went. I've been twice. I know that feeling that you get when you go. There's nothing like it as as it uh, begins to enhance your view of Scripture, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, how did you end up with passages? What made that connection for you? After living in Israel for almost three years, moved back to the U.S., uh, and I began working for an organization called APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. And really, the idea there was to to grow support for Israel in in you know key districts across congressional district, districts across the Midwest, and so. Ended up working for APAC in the in the Midwest for for a few years, and through then through working you know doing that work, I, I met our co-founder uh, Robert Nicholson, who's the president of the Philos Project, our uh, sort of founding organization for us, a sister organization to us, and uh, his colleagues, co-founder Rivka Kidron, who was a advisor to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for five years, and uh, and and met these amazing people, and it was. Interesting because when I, my wife and I lived there a number of years before, we would look around and we would see, you know, a lot of young Jewish people coming to Israel in groups, and that's a it's a program called Birthright, and it's a program that brings you know young Jews to Israel to connect with their Jewish heritage, connect with the Jewish state, and then I would look around and see Christians coming and realize that the the next generation, the young generation of Christians, were not coming except for maybe if mom or dad or grandpa and grandpa or someone in the family paid for them to come. Um, but they were very few and far between. And so I looked at my wife and said, hey, we we need to, someone needs to start a Christian version of birthright. So young Christians can come to the place where their faith was born. And years later, it was funny that I met a group of people, our co-founders, who had the same dream, the same idea. And I said, sign me up. I would love to to lead. They were looking for someone to be the executive director of this new org. So here we are. Incredible story. And uh, talk for a moment before we get into the specifics of what you're doing with Passages, some of the stories of that. Talk for a moment about the impact Israel had on your life once you began to make those trips and began to work there and and tie your work to the land of Israel. My first trip was in 2005. Ashley and I, my wife and I, were able to go on this this amazing trip. And um, I just remember the first night um, of being there. And back then we had these things called Discman. You know, it was like, you know, you had a CD in it. And I think it was some Hillsong, you know, CD. But I remember it like it was yesterday in the sense of going out on this dock on the Sea of Galilee and looking up at the stars, listening to the, you know, the worship and just knowing that I was sort of like at home, you know, spiritual home. And, and, and then, you know, just years later, understanding uh, the Bible in a completely different way. I'm sure that was the same experience for you and many others to be able to see the Bible and read the stories out of the gospel and, and, and know exactly what it looked like and know that it was a real place. 
And of course, by faith, we can know it's a real place, but when you see it, it's even more. We are built with these senses to be able to know and to taste and to see and feel. So that's what happened to me. It's what happens to so many others. To, to understand the God of Israel and to know, you know, you go to the southern steps of the Temple Mount and realize that the stories of Abraham, King David, the kings, the prophets, and ultimately Jesus, and now, wow, 2,000 years later, me, little me, you know, was able to be in these places, this story of God, this redemptive narrative from beginning to end, you can put it in your mind and know that it happened and you understand who God is in, in the context that he revealed himself. And then I think, you know, to see modern Israel, because Israel is the Holy Land, it's a place of these ancient stones and amazing stories, but also a place to a lot of people who live there today, from Jews uh, to Arabs, uh, Palestinians, Christians, Muslims, um, and to understand God's love for all the people who live there today. And also the story of the Jewish people, thousands of years of persecution, and to see this state uh, where they can defend themselves by themselves even now and have a place to call home and be safe. That's that's really powerful. So you get to see all of that, meet all the different people who live there, and it really connects you even more. There have been a number of studies out in recent years about the younger generations falling away from the faith. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but certainly some of those are, I don't know that frightening's the word, but at least concerning as a parent, as a follower of Christ, you you have to, you want that next generation coming up to have a strong faith and want to engage like you did and, and those behind you have. Have you seen some of those? What are your reaction to those? And do you feel like programs like Passages can help with that kind of situation? Yes, I, I do think that that programs like Passages, these uh, it's, it's out of the box. And uh, we do have this challenge where more and more students are going on to, to college and they're putting their faith on the shelf. Maybe they were like me and they came to Christ at a young age or in their teenage years. But are able to get you know get away from mom and dad and have other influences in their lives and 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 really ultimately put their faith on the shelf when they go to college and I think that you know these kinds of challenges require out of the box approaches and you know to come alongside existing tools for discipleship and provide this it's almost like a disruptive experience if we can get them you know even goodness if we could get them right before they went to college that would be incredible but at least in their first year second year of college and provide this disruptive experience to where they fall in love with the Word of God all over again, to where they see it in living color and have encounters with God and His Spirit, you know, in the place where I was born. I think something about identity as well. As Christians, rightly so, we, we know that we can experience God or, or come to salvation, come to faith anywhere we are because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is absolutely true, as I mentioned earlier. There's just something incredibly special. I think that a lot of Christians maybe have gotten away from or maybe have not experienced, which is there can be something special to a place. If you want to know your roots, if you want to know your identity as a believer in Jesus or in the God of Israel, it's like, hey, I want to find out who my family is, what my heritage is. So I go to, you know, let's go, I say go to, you know, the UK or I go to Germany or I go to Africa or, you know, maybe I go to Texas, you know, or wherever it is. It helps us understand who we are better. And I think it's no different for Christians. We can understand who we are as believers in this God, this God of Israel, by going to the land of Israel. And, and really seeing him reveal himself in that context is really powerful. Can you elaborate just a moment on this concept of a disruptive 
event or a disruptive engagement, as you've described? So many stories of students say, I got this email and all of a sudden I was, you know, I was invited on a trip to Israel, highly subsidized with scholarships. And before I knew it, I was on a plane to Israel having a life-changing experience. And maybe they were story after story struggling with their faith. They believed But obviously, the challenges of life and the challenges of identity in this next generation are incredibly, you know, large. And so whenever they have this experience that maybe they didn't expect, maybe they wanted to go to Israel, maybe they never thought about it before. But when they do, their faith is strengthened and their eyes are opened to, you know, to the Bible, to God's calling on their life. So many students go and they get this clarity and they go back. Maybe they change their major or they double down on the major they were in with a new perspective, a kingdom perspective. And so that's what I mean by disruptive. Uh, it's out of the box and it gets them out of their surroundings, opens their eyes to, you know, maybe faith not aside, but faith sort of aside is that, hey, the world's a bigger place and it's bigger than just America or bigger than this town I live in or this city I live in or my life. So both from a faith perspective and just a a citizen of the world, hey, the world's bigger. And a lot of a lot of people out here have maybe a lot more problems than I do. And uh, they visit, let's just say, they visit, we take them to the border with the Gaza Strip in Israel. They hear from a perspective, of course, we can't go into Gaza to hear from Gazans because of security, but they're certainly able to get a glimpse into what's it like, what's life like for the people on the other side of the border? What's life like for Israelis, both Jewish and Arab, who are having thousands of rockets falling on their homes? The kids have PTSD and they realize, hmm, maybe I don't have it so bad. And so their eyes are open, minds are open to, to a bigger world out there. I want to go back to something you said a little while ago. You look at the the past of Israel. You look at those historic sites and the stones and the temple walls and all those different pieces, which are so fascinating but modern Israel is almost as fascinating as ancient Israel. Talk for a moment about that, uh, what you share with the students about this amazing land that has an incredible history, but an incredible present and future as well. The students are, you know, one day they'll be touring the Sea of Galilee, the hometown of Jesus, the headquarters of Jesus' ministry. The next day they'll be getting a briefing on the border with Syria about what's been happening with the Syrian civil war. And of course, how that affects Israeli security, but also how it affects the broader Middle East. A few days later, down meeting, like I said, on the border with Gaza, hearing about stories of people who are impacted by rockets. They can be going to, you know, hearing about the story of Peter having a vision in Jaffa on the roof of Simon the Tanner's house and going to Caesarea and seeing where one of the first recorded Gentile salvations happened. And then being able to go to Tel Aviv. And see in how in 1948, in this place called Independence Hall in central Tel Aviv, uh, how this, this nation that basically, you know, they say, can a nation be born in a day? And sure enough, Israel was in 1948. And to see the place where independence was declared. The next day, going and visiting, visiting Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum uh, in Jerusalem. We know, of course, that the Holocaust ended just three years before the modern Jewish state was created. So they also go to Bethlehem. Of course, they visit the Church of the Nativity, but the very next hour after lunch, they're sitting with Palestinian Christians and Muslims hearing their stories. And so it is quite amazing how you can go from the ancient to the modern and the complex 
in a matter of hours. Yeah, speaking of complex, I think that's something so many people just don't understand about the nation of Israel. If you watch the news, you certainly get a jaded view of what's going on in Israel. If you go yourself, you might not, uh, if you're not taken to specific places or meet with certain people, you may not have a good idea of how Israel interacts with its neighbors. Uh, But we all know Israel is surrounded and has been for years by many people who want it to not even exist. And here is Israel in the middle of all of this with Christians, Muslims, Jews, all living together in the same space, basically in that space, peaceful, if someone's not throwing things over the border. Uh, Talk for a moment about this amazing place that combines all of that together. It is very complex. It is. It is complex. And um, I think, you know, foundationally, as I've mentioned here, it really truly is a miracle that, you know, the state of Israel after, you know, the Jewish people for thousands of years being displaced pogrom after pogrom, ultimately the Holocaust, 6 million Jews killed in the Holocaust. Unfortunately, today, even we, in the United States, we see anti-Semitism on the rise. And that's something we're very concerned and focused on as well. But to see this, this place uh, where the Jewish people, you know, many believe obviously that, hey, this, this was prophesied in scripture that God would bring them back to their land. And here they are, they're back in their land. And so we, we do view that as a miracle. And you know, the thing is, it's important for people to understand is that you can support, you know, the Jewish state and, and the Jews having a right to, to have a place to live and defend themselves, uh, self-determination, uh, while at the same time, not necessarily agreeing with every policy that the Israeli government has, right? Certainly no one agrees with every policy the United States or any other country have, but, you know, you don't say, well, you don't have a right to exist, right? And so I think that's the difference. And also, it's important to note that you can uh, support the existence of a Jewish state, but you can also support Palestinians. You can support peace. You can be a peacemaker and believe from a Christian perspective that God has a desire and a plan and a destiny for all lives. And he, he loves all people. So, you know, it, it does seem complex, but I think from a Christian perspective, a kingdom perspective, we can look at all things and know that truly he has the answers to it all. Talk for a moment about maybe a couple of stories that come to mind of students who have been a part of passages who maybe had different encounters, but both were impacted. Just a a couple of stories of students whose lives were impacted through this disruptive engagement. There are stories of, you know, from a faith perspective of, you know, as I alluded to earlier, students who really would identify as Christians, but they come on the trip and realize that they really don't know God. They don't know him, his story. They've never actually known him. And when they come to Israel, even though they would identify as Christians before, they have a salvation experience when they're there. And sometimes even baptized for the first time, they're in the presence of all of their friends and colleagues who are traveling with them by one of the staff chaplains, you know, chaplains on the bus. So that has happened a number of times. And, you know, out of 8,000 alumni, it certainly has happened. But, you know, in regard to students who are solidified in their faith when they come and and ultimately inspired to do great things when they come back, uh, we had one student who was on a trip several years ago and committed to their faith, an amazing believer. But they came and they, they, they saw, obviously, all of the challenges that Israelis and those who live in the land deal with on a day-to-day basis, how they're they're fighting for their existence, fighting for what they believe in, um, ultimately ended up 
you know, inspiring her to really go to prayer and ask the Lord how she could do something for for God in in in, in America. Ultimately, and she ended up running because of this journey uh, for a, a state house position and is a state representative currently. So there are many other stories of students who changed their trajectories to go into policy or politics or business or even ministry. So these are you know, lots of stories out there about that. You mentioned uh, over 8,000 alumni. One of the things I found interesting is you have, at least in some locations, kind of alumni gathering. I mean, people who've experienced this together, uh, coming back together and meeting. Talk for a moment about that. That's a big part of what we do is trip is just the beginning. Um, It's not an in and of itself, but a means to an end in the sense of we want these alumni to be engaged with passages in our mission and also the community that's been created by passages. And so right after the trip, we have campus ambassadors who on the campuses that we work with, they'll put together a number of events. Um, Sometimes they'll even put together events. Like if there's a local Jewish student community on the campus, uh, we'll help get them connected and they can even do a Shabbat dinner uh, with Jews and Christians together on the campus. Um, And then beyond, you know, just right after the trip, we have, what we call the Passages Leaders Network. And this is an online network um, with also uh, ambassadors. And the idea here is that it goes it goes after college. And there's, there's actually networking events that happen in cities across the country in the Passages Leaders Network. We actually even are working on now an initiative to be able to identify our most you know, promising alumni to be able to be connected to jobs, internships, opportunities, after they're out of college. So that's a new exciting project we're working on. Probably a majority of the people listening to this broadcast or podcast are adults and may have students who are middle school, high school, approaching those college years. Is this something parents should look into for their own kids? Absolutely. Uh, we have you know, two ways that uh, you know, those who are not students can get involved. One is certainly if you know of a, of a Christian college student who, who could really benefit from an experience like this, they can go to passagesisrael.org and there's a place there for an interest list, you know, to, for students to be able to sign up, uh, to be on an interest list. And then of course, you know, there's, there's always the need for support as a nonprofit organization seeking to provide these scholarships, these life-changing opportunities for students also can go in and give at passagesisrael.org to be able to provide that. As we uh, come to the end of our time, one of the things we talk about uh, on this program regularly, Missions Today, is is about mission in general, but also personal mission. You talked about uh, being raised in the church, being focused on worship, and then God kind of took you into uh, pastoral work and ultimately got you on a trip to Israel, probably something you didn't plan on when you were five or six years old praying for Israel, probably not on the to-do list necessarily. Uh, but I know there are people listening today who are either um, hearing God's call and not sure what to do with that, or they are looking for God's call on their life, direction in their life. Just maybe from your own personal experiences, uh, a word of encouragement to those folks as they are either looking or trying to figure out if they take that next step that God's put in front of them. This is a great question. It's something that 
I, I share with our alumni all the time, um, of the students that come on passages is, you know, really it's, it's three things that I think, you know, just from my own experience is, is obviously trust God. Um, that sounds cliche, but it's so true. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, mind, and soul, right? Like, so, so what does that mean? to trust the Lord. It's leaning on him, sort of this contagious hope that you have and belief that you have that ultimately he has good for you and a calling for your life. Trust God. Work hard is the second one. We all have to work hard. We trust the Lord, but we're also co-laborers with him, right? So we have to work hard. We have to put in our time. We have to pay our price. Uh, You know, uh, many times that's what we have to do in life. In order to see success or to fulfill the call on our lives, we have to work hard and pay our price. The third really is to say yes, say yes to, to opportunities, especially when you're young, say yes to opportunities. And what you find is that ultimately, maybe it's not as mysterious as we think it is, that the Lord has put interest in our heart. He's put things that we're good at in us and it just come out naturally. And so it's, it's discerning, okay, what do I, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? Um, and you know, if we have the mind of Christ, ultimately those things align and then we trust the Lord we work hard and we say yes to opportunities, the right things are gonna come along. Trust the Lord, work hard and say yes. There it is again, saying yes. You know, it's funny. I haven't told one of my guests anything about the concept of saying yes to the Lord. And yet so many of them have said that this simple step has opened incredible new doors and incredible opportunities for them. Do you need to say yes today? You know, it might be one of the most challenging things you ever do, but it could also be one of the most important things as well. Has the Lord put something on your heart, something that he needs you to do for the kingdom? Say yes, say yes to what God is laying on your heart today. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Next week, we're gonna talk with a young lady in Asia who dreamt of being a designer in New York. In fact, she actually made it. And then her plans intersected with God's plan. And now she's providing health care through the Indonesian islands through the work of a medical ship. We'll learn more about that next week here on Missions Today. Well, if you've enjoyed the program today, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. If you have any feedback for me, I'd always love to hear from you. Email me at clambert at missionstoday.com. That's clambert at missionstoday.com. And please follow us on our Instagram and Facebook at Missions Today Radio. Missions Today is a production of Resource Global.